what is that noise? The people asked. What's going on? Uh, it's 9 a.m. in Jerusalem. It's the Jewish Feast of Weeks, known as Pentecost, and the city is packed full of Jews and God-fearing Gentiles from across the known world. And suddenly they hear a loud, violent, rushing noise. And inside a room in Jerusalem, Jesus' 120 followers see the Holy Spirit looking like flames of fire coming down on their heads. And at the sound of the noise of it, crowds come running to see what's going on. Now, I'd love to have been there on that day, um, but I have actually had my own experience uh, that was a little bit like that. It was morning, there was a very loud noise, there was fire on my head, people came running, and then I ended up in A&E. It, it was actually Christmas Day, um, I was about 15, I was uh, outside by a little fire we had going, burning all of the leftover Christmas wrapping paper. And uh, in amongst the wrapping paper uh, was one present that we had failed to unwrap, which was a can of Lynx deodorant. Now, it does actually say on the back of those cans, uh, highly flammable, and um, they are. Turns out. But on the day of Pentecost, you can ask me more about that later on. Um, my hair has grown back, thankfully. Um, but on the day of Pentecost, the fire that came down on the heads of Jesus' followers was the fire of the Holy Spirit. And as we take a closer look at this reading from the book of Acts, what we're going to see is that the Holy Spirit was given to empower us to tell people all over the world about Jesus. The Holy Spirit was given to empower us to tell people all over the world about Jesus. Now to see this, we're going to look at uh, the passage in two parts. Firstly, in verses uh, 1 to 13, we'll look at why the Spirit came. And then secondly, in verses 14 to 21, we'll focus on the message we proclaim. So why the Spirit came and the message we proclaim. So firstly, why the Spirit came. After Jesus rose from the dead, it says in Acts chapter 1, he told his followers they must be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But then Jesus also says to them, they must stay in Jerusalem. They must stay in Jerusalem until they are baptized with the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit who will give them the power they need to be Jesus' witnesses. So I'm sure you know the book of Acts usually called the Acts of the Apostles, um, but more accurately perhaps the title could be uh, the Acts of the Risen Lord Jesus through his Apostles by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Pentecost was the day when the Holy Spirit came. And when he did, it says in verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And the result was, verse 4, that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I think that's a bit strange because if I asked you, what is it like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Your answer probably wouldn't be, well, you get really good at speaking German. 
or Hindi. But being given the supernatural ability to suddenly speak in languages they'd never learned was so significant. Verse 5 tells us um, they, were, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And as they came together to investigate what the loud noise was, each one could hear a follower of Jesus speaking his language. In verse 11 they say, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? These followers of Jesus are standing up and declaring the wonders of God, not just in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, not just in Aramaic, the language of Jerusalem at the time, not just in Latin or Greek, the languages of the Roman Empire, but in the native languages of people from all over the world. Well, what does this mean? It means that the Holy Spirit has a message for people from every nation, tribe and language. He has a message for people who speak Irish and a message for people who speak English. It's not an exclusive message spoken only in a language some people know. It's a message that can be told in any language, that must be told in all languages that people understand because it is the message about Jesus Christ, the Lord and Saviour of the whole world. So why did the Spirit come? He came to empower Jesus' followers to tell people all over the world about him. That's why the Spirit came. And now, secondly, let's think about the message we proclaim. This is verses 14 to 21, where Peter uses a passage from the prophet Joel to tell the crowds that Jesus of Nazareth is their Lord and Saviour. So if you look with me, chapter 2, verse 14, I'll reread it. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now that's not the end of Peter's sermon. That's just the Bible reading he's about to preach on. But he chooses this passage from Joel for a reason, to make it very clear exactly why people need to hear about Jesus. You see, the passage begins with God's promise that a day would come when he would pour out his spirit on his people, male and female, young and old, rich and poor, and now that day has come. That abundant outpouring is exactly what had just happened. But it goes on to say that after pouring out his spirit, another day would come. It's there in the second half of verse 20. I'll pour out my spirit 
before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. This is why Peter refers to the present time in verse 17 as the last days. Every other stage in Jesus' work of salvation has now been accomplished. His birth at Christmas, his death on Good Friday, his resurrection on Easter Day, his ascension, and his outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all believers at Pentecost. That's all accomplished. So now there is only one date in God's diary left to come, the final day, the day of the Lord. That is the day when God will judge every person who's ever been born, exposing all our sins, the day he will remove and destroy everything evil and finally save his people and bring us into his kingdom. The day of the Lord will be a joyful day for God's people and a terrible day for those who remain in rebellion against God, including people who live round here. People may be ignorant about Jesus or indifferent to him or openly hostile to him, but it doesn't matter whatever way people rebel against him, they are still facing his judgment. And that day is now coming. Every other day has been accomplished. But what does it say at the end of Peter's reading from the prophet Joel? The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The reason Peter's chosen this passage from Joel for his Pentecost sermon is because of the good news it contains. Yes, we are in the last days. Yes, the Lord will judge us, but it will be a great and glorious day because on that day, everyone who has called on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone in Glengormley, anyone in Malusk, anyone in Carnmoney or Mosley or Ballyrobert or White Abbey or Carrickfergus or Belfast, anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we need to know the name of the Lord. And the whole of the rest of Peter's sermon is to prove the point that the name of the Lord is Jesus. Jesus is the one who was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven to take his seat at the right hand of God the Father. So he is Lord and judge. But he's also the savior who went willingly to the cross to die for our sins on our behalf. And so he is the one who can offer complete forgiveness of our past and present and future sins and fill us with resurrection life through the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus wants is for people everywhere to call to him and ask him to forgive them and save them before he comes as judge. Not just to believe in God, not just to go to church and to say our prayers, but to call to him, to call on the name of Jesus. And that is why he has given us in here his Holy Spirit, to empower us like those first followers of Jesus, to take this message to our neighbors, our family, our friends, our colleagues, and perhaps for some in months or years to come, to take the message overseas to the ends of the earth so that people out there know that there is a judge and there is a judgment and so that they also know there is a savior. That is the message that we proclaim. That is the message people need to hear so that they can call on the name of Jesus and be saved. Now, finally, things are, are kind of getting back to normal a little bit. Um, COVID has been really hard for churches. 
Some people might still um, be coming to return. Other people may have drifted away. But it's also opened up a new chapter for many people. Um, it's been a time when they've begun to reevaluate their priorities in life and their beliefs. And so now it's a good time for us to refocus our life as a church here at St. Bridget's. Let's remember why the Holy Spirit was given to us all so that we might be empowered to boldly tell people about Jesus, people of any age, men and women, boys and girls, and encourage one another in here and people out there to believe in Jesus, to call on his name and to be saved. So it'd be wonderful to be working on making new connections with our community, especially with children and families and younger adults. They're the people who are, uh, are out there but not so well represented in here. Our task is to pass on this great good news to the coming generations. And perhaps your role in all this will be to pray, pray, pray. Perhaps your role will be to think of a friend to invite to come to church soon. Maybe someone who hasn't been back for a while or somebody who's never been. Perhaps your role is to volunteer to help lead something new and get things going. Perhaps your role is to help us develop the way we communicate with people out there so that people know we're here. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given to empower Jesus' followers to tell people all over the world, including here in this parish, that Jesus is Lord and Saviour. And so let's pray that the Holy Spirit would refresh us, embolden us, energise us, and make us a church from whom the good news about Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, rings out clearly and joyfully and with love. Let's pray together now, using the words of today's collect. Almighty God, who on the day of Pentecost sent your Holy Spirit to the apostles with the wind from heaven and in tongues of flame, filling them with joy and boldness to preach the gospel, by the power of the same Spirit, strengthen us to witness to your truth and to draw everyone to the fire of your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <laughs>